Ladies and gentlemen to Capital Sports on Moscow's Capital FM. I am Alan Muir, your host for the evening, and I invite you to strap in for the next two hours of the very best news, views, reviews, previews and interviews in the world of sports. Folks, as the Russian Football League's chunter into the winter break, it's a battle for second in the Premier League. As Zenit on Friday night, they wrapped up the title is there unrest in the stands? Yes, we do know that there is. Uh, why have fans been leaving games early, especially when it means abandoning their teams that they all love? Well, we kind of know it's because of a bunch of troublemakers and the words of a man who likes to play with Tigers. We'll start off that discussion with Dimitri Derunitz, the man, the voice, the face of Dinamo Moscow. And we'll also have Andrew Flint chipping in a little bit later on as well. Folks, with Liverpool already crowned EPL champions, just what else is there to talk about in English football? Maybe it's the evergreen energy bunny Jamie Vardy and Leicester, perhaps the Man United revival. Maybe it's even racism in the stands. Eslam Magdi, hopefully he's going to join us because he's at an Egyptian Cup match right now. He's going to speak to us in part two. In part three, we're going to look a little bit deeper into both English and Russian football, as well as that, well, the big decision tomorrow, we'll discuss that a bit later on as well, with Danny Armstrong, because, of course, this week is a huge week in England. On Thursday, there will be a massive general election because Friday the 13th, of course, next Friday, the English population or British population could be waking up to an even worse nightmare than any other Friday the 13th has delivered. In part four, we hope he survived his train bathroom trials and has lots of North American sports news for us. That, of course, is Alex B. In part five, the question is this, folks. You win the greatest, most storied, most honoured, most beloved title in world sport, the undisputed heavyweight boxing championship. Then you go on a beer and fast food binge for six months and lose to a man who looks more like he's a British professional cyclist than a boxer. Isol Cody, our boxing reporter, she is going to give us her take on that as well as Dillian White's 
did he or didn't he in terms of uh, failing a dope test? And of course, we still don't know what happened with UCAD. Of course, nothing new there. And finally, as well as a look ahead to the final round of UEFA Champions and Europa League group stage matches, um, of course, coming up this week, we're going to ask whether Russian athletes will be at the Olympics this next year, sorry, in 2020 in Tokyo. Andrew Flint, he'll be back from Siberia for us with that one. Folks, a huge uh, RPL game today, which has just ended. It was, <clears throat> let's just say, it ended off a weekend of absolute, well, overall kind of misery for Moscow clubs. Only Siska down in Krasnodar held up the Muscovite honour by drawing 1-1 one, one with Krasnodar because on Friday, well, I mean, Dinamo did well. They put on a great run. They lost 3-0 uh, away to Zenit. Lokomotiv were hammered also on Friday, 4-0 against Arsenal. Not Arsenal of London, of course, Arsenal of Tula. And Spartak losing 4-1 at home tonight against Rostov. That's just the absolute pits. Right now, as we go into the winter break, before we go to uh, Dimitri Derunets on the phone, um, the table looks like this. Zenit, of course, they've won the title already. They're on 45 points. They're 10 ahead of Krasnodar. Rostov in third and 34 Siska, they are fourth on 34. Lokomotiv are in fifth, also on 34. So it's, it's, a, it's, it's basically playing off that uh, the Champions League places. Arsenal, Ufa, and then Dinamo. Yes, the team of the championship for me, the team that really turned around. Uh, they are in eighth place, and they are hunting for that last European spot, or so we believe. So we're going to go straight away to the phone to the man, the voice, the face of FC Dinamo Moscow, and also Hockey Club Dinamo Moscow. Dimitri, how are you doing? Uh, hello, hello. Uh, I'm very glad to hear to hearing from you. I'm not a voice of uh, hockey. <laughs> He's not the voice of anything right now. Is he back on, Nazar? Double N. We're going to try and get Dimitri back on because he dropped I'm off. Glad to be making maybe some um, some inviting people to hockey club as well as to football uh, to hockey matches as well as to football matches because they're now under one roof but, but listen listen that is the most unique thing and it's something I've, I've told you that before I even said to you last night when we met um, and we'll talk about that in a minute about Manchester City's tragic loss to Manchester United um, because la- last time we met like I, I said I'm going to the hockey game tomorrow I'm going to the hockey game tomorrow because for me what has happened at Dinamo is something that needs to happen more often in Russia, that there's a, a sort of a multi-use uh, facility that almost pays for itself with shops, with housing, with hotels. It's just, it's absolutely perfect. And the hockey arena is absolutely amazing, Dimitri. Yes, but uh, everything is uh, in the beginning. Yeah. Oh, we're trying because to... it is, uh, we maybe... Can can just uh, forget about uh, only in January. It will be a year. How um, from the first from the first game that uh, hockey club has played uh, inside this new arena, uh, and uh, football club uh, has just uh, entered this arena in May. So I know I discuss it with the chiefs of one club of another club of the arena itself. There are three chiefs, of course, as you, <laughs> as you can just imagine. <laughs> so it's uh, maybe a problem of connection sometimes. And uh, everybody has its own interests and everybody has its own plan. And it is um, the main thing to sit uh, and to unite uh, um, the plans of everybody. So I think this year, uh, in the end of this year, um, they can we can make some conclusions. Um, uh, yeah. And 
no, hockey club, for both football club. But of course, in ne- next year, it should be much more better. Well, listen, speaking of that, now we, we, we discussed, I, I, I believe Zenit have won the title. They, they, they've, they've finished now because beating you guys. I well, believe too. Yeah, I mean, I mean it, it, is, it is a fact. But I mean, I'm looking, I'm looking at Dinamo because earlier on in the year, we spoke, we were hoping, we were saying people go out to support Dinamo. Come on, like a great new arena, beautiful field. Everything's really, really nice. And things weren't going that well until Novikov came in. He had a settling in period. And then you went, I mean, I'm looking at it, six matches, six matches unbeaten. Drawing with Krasnodar, beating Siska, um, drawing then with Ahmad, beating Rubin, beating Rostov and beating Loco in Loco. I mean, even putting aside what happened with, with uh, Zenit on Friday, that's not important because Zenit are just, they're a, a Galacticos in Russia. But my goodness, Dinamo, if, if you guys keep that form up, you will be in at least the UEFA Europa League next year. Um, dear Alan, <laughs> uh, it is not uh, as clear and uh, um, as easy as you say. Uh, because um, in Russia, when... Um, uh, you know, I'm a great fan of the system uh, that worked in Russia um, all the time before 2011. Beginning in spring and finishing in autumn, in November. Me, me too, um, me too. You know, yeah. you know, because, uh, because uh, when you start uh, in autumn or in uh, summer and, and this great pause, these uh, three months of no football, it uh, it can damage, it can affect. It can destroy. It can you, absolutely you destroy. Have lo- you just looked. Uh, you, ju- you just looked at Spartak Moscow. One four, the second loss in a row yeah. after Zenit, and the next the next game is Dynamo Spartak. <laughs> yeah, I know. On the first uh, of first March. Game, the, 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 the first game. The, the first game in spring. Yes, it will be first of March, the 29th of February. It depends on how schedule will be made, uh, will be planned. Uh, so, how it it will it will go. How, um, what, um, what um, differences will be would would be how we can compare the teams and uh, how they will pass uh, and they, they will make uh, uh, all the all the duties during winter. We even can't imagine now. So yes, it is a, a good atmosphere now in Dynamo. Yes, they uh, had a chance to uh, to make a fault in. Yeah, in- it is another level now for Russian clubs and for Dynamo as well. Uh, but we cannot say at this time that Kirill Novikov will stay as a head coach for the second part of the season. Are you for because real? Because I've had I've had a, I, I, I've had I've had a chat with him after loss for the Nid. He he told me I have two questions to solve uh, with the management of Dynamo Moscow if. All of them are solved. I will stay as a coach. But if even one of them is not solved, I will uh, go out. Uh, I will retire, uh, resign, and uh, maybe continue as a coach of a youth team. That's... So it is a dangerous situation. It is a hard situation now. And uh, next week uh, will be um, will be um, very difficult for. 
Uh, for for Dynamo. For uh, yeah. people, for the author- for authorities uh, of Dynamo Moscow, they should, uh, you, you know, fans are, of course, they support Kirill Novikov, yeah. and uh, they should have, uh, should, uh, should find some solution. Of course. Look, I mean, Dimitri, I, I'm, I'm looking at this, and also after the loss uh, in Tula, um, the rumour was released, and of course he has denied it, that uh, Yuri Shomin, the head coach of Lokomotiv, um, gave in his letter of resignation, and the board, um, uh, Kiknadze and so on, they'll look at it tomorrow. I mean, it, it, do you think that... That, that's even for real because, I mean, okay, Novikov, that's, you, you know that for sure. But you think that could be the case in Lokomotiv as well? That two uh, Moscow coaches would be gone by January? No. Uh, as for me, if you ask for yeah. my opinion, um, either uh, Novikov or, uh, or Semin, uh, both of them will stay until summer at least. Okay. So I think uh, in next uh, few days we will hear after uh, Lokomotiv will play Champions League in game in uh, Madrid, uh, we will hear that uh, Sermin is staying. And I think all changes in Lokomotiv, they should wait for summer. Yeah, listen, because that... nothing is lost. Uh, nothing is lost now in, uh, in the Russian Championship. Yeah. Uh, they can uh, play for, uh, and uh, they can take the second place um, yeah. because everything uh, is uh, near and um, it's, it's, it's no problem to have a, uh, a good uh, row of results in, uh, in spring and second place and uh, straight qualification for Champions League money and uh, all this stuff. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. I, uh, so I think... It, no, no, no changes. Yeah. Hello, Dimitri. Yeah. As 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 for this time, for uh, yes, yes. As as for this time, it's no. I think it's no danger for Sermin and for Lokomotiv fans. He will stay until the end of the championship. That's that's uh, look. That's that's. I know a lot of Lokomotiv fans will be happy to hear it, and me as well. Even though I'm not, I, I think he should leave in the summer, so as not to spoil his legacy. I think you're right. I, some stability needs to be there, uh, Dimitri. Before we go away, I have two quick questions for you. The first one. The, the fan walkout in support of uh, Spartak fans, um, do you know that, that will this continue on next year? Or like, what was the point in, in doing it? That's it, the first question. And the second question is, um, are Man United now better than Man City? <laughs> um, even if you have asked me this question second, I will begin from the second question. I know that, if I know. <laughs> And, uh, this question 17 or 20 years ago, or when I have just become to support Manchester City, uh, I was say no. <laughs> <laughs> Even if at that time uh, Manchester City have just qualified from League One to Championship and uh, Manchester United have just won treble in 1999. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's uh, it's a club that uh, I support, uh, that I hugely support throughout from my life, Manchester City, and uh, that is why uh, the lo- loss, yes, yesterday loss. It's uh, I have no arguments. Manchester United have won it, and, uh, and I, I even can I cannot uh, cannot ask for anything referee or war. No, 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 no. It's a uh, uh, fair, fair play and uh, fair uh, victory for Manchester United. Uh, we have, uh, f- yeah, 
some uh, huge problems in central you know, of defense. Uh, um, Ederson is not a goalkeeper who now now can uh, overshadow some faults maybe for for defense and and Fernandinho playing in defense and who will play in the place of Fernandinho? Exactly. Rodri Rodri is playing in uh, Rodri is playing in his place, but. Playing in uh, midfield defensive mid- defense mi- defensive midfielder in Atletico Madrid is one role, and yeah. in uh, Manchester City is uh, another role. Um, because in Atletico Madrid, uh, the whole team uh, thinking of defense, and this, uh, and in Manchester City, you are Attack. the person who can who shoot and have to defend every everybody and everything. So I think there are several problems uh, and uh, that that are bothering Guardiola. But uh, this is the year after uh, the after the year that uh, the after winning the league. Well, yeah, it, it can happen. So so I I I, I have uh, all the time uh, Guardiola to defend himself and to <laughs> change something in the team. Uh, and what about? Uh, what about the fans? Yes, I think it's uh, the fans that are leaving uh, the stadiums, uh, and everybody is talking about that, about this, um, um, this. Uh, I don't know how to explain it because uh, nobody could expect it in the end of the year, but uh, nobody could expect that it will unite all the fans yeah. uh, of um, Russia. And uh, as for me, uh, for the man who, uh, who, in my uh, in my 13, when I was 13, 14 years old, I just entered the stadium. Uh, and it was 1997, 1998, and there are lots of fans. Uh, yeah, I know in the 30s, uh, and uh, everybody are united. Everybody are united uh, in in their um, their thoughts. For for this uh, for in the, for for the fans for the fans of all Russia, uh, for me it's a surprise. For me it's a surprise, and uh, for the um, authorities of Russian football, I think it's a great pleasure that uh, everything is now over uh, as for football games. Because <laughs> if if it uh, if it is if it uh, had now it's uh, continue if we could continue next weekend. It uh, can um, it could be worse. many much worse, and it, uh, there there are there could be a lot of damage for this the authorities of Russian Football Union for the Premier League. But now we have three months to think about it, to talk to each other, um, and uh, to enter. Uh... We have just oh, Dimitri just dropped off the line just there right now. Okay, look. Basically, we're going to go out to the, uh, to the break right now. We're going to try and get Dimitri back on. We'll have Andrew Flint on as well. We're going to go out with the song of last year's World Cup, The Sound of Last Summer 2018. It's George Ezra and Shotgun back after the break with more. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. Homegrown alligators, see you later. Gotta hit the road, gotta hit the road. Sonic change in the atmosphere, architecture, I'm familiar, I can get used to this. Time flies by in the yellow and green, stick around and you'll see what I mean. There's a mountain top that I'm dreaming of, if you need me, you know where I'll be. I'll be riding shotgun underneath the hot sun, feet. 
Listeners to Capital Sports on Moscow's Capital FM. I hope you enjoyed that with Dimitri Derenis. And again, tomorrow night, 7.30, Dynamo Moscow Hockey Club. They are playing SKA for St. Petersburg. So get out there and, you know, support your local... Well, puck slingers, shall we say. Um, because, you know, the, the, it's, a, it's a great night out. You go in and get a nice hot dog, you get a nice coffee or whatever you want. Sit down, relax and watch it. And you know what? You can get great seats and it's only about 600 rubles for a really good seat that's kind of like up quite close to the ice. So you see the pe- players being smashed into the glass and so on and so forth. And I mean, it's a, hockey, hockey night is a good night. Always a very, very good night. Right. Um, there's been a lot uh, going on, as we already mentioned, in the Russian Premier League. But now let's pivot, shall we say, and look at the English Premier League. Now, we will have a little bit of chat with Danny Armstrong a little bit later. But first, the man who's now reporting for the Russian Football Premier League, but he still does all the English Premier League for us as well, Mr. Andrew Flint. Andrew, welcome onto the show this evening. Andrew, can you hear us? Because you mentioned some small little match that happened yesterday that made me rather happy. Yeah, I mean, okay, well, let's, let's, let's start off with that little match that happened yesterday before we get on to other weird things going on <laughs> in English football. Um, 
as Dimitri said, I actually met Dimitri yesterday uh, after the game and he was a little bit, let's say, disconsolate until he saw me. And I think then he broke down completely. <laughs> he was like, oh no, not this. And of course, um, <laughs> we, we just started chatting away. And of course, the Man U fans where I was sitting, uh, where we were sitting, they were like, Wah! like that and all happy. Um, but, um, you know, for, for me, it was nice to see a good game and it was nice to see two teams really, really going hard at it. And I mean, as Dimitri said, United won a fair and square. It was a good game. It was um, it, it was fair play between the, the, the two teams as well. The penalty was definitely a penalty, so on and so forth. Um, is this, like, I mean, in the space of three days, because you said in the space of a week, you've beaten, like, you know, two, like, big, co- big name coaches. And uh, all they said in the space of three days. So is this United back on track or is this kind of like a little... I don't know, the, an Indian summer almost for United before they fall apart. Well, I mean, you've asked me, not particularly, I might add, a few times on the show, um, what do I see the future for Solskjaer? Will he be gone next week? In fact, I think you said, will he be gone by the end of next week? And I've always defended him. Um, I, I don't think it's going to be consistently this brilliant and energetic on the pitch from Manchester United, but I do think it's a sign of what they're working towards. And I think that's the problem. People are very short-term with their views and they think after one game, it's either all over or it's it's a bright new dawn. And I don't think it's quite either. I think it's a sign of what will come, but it will take time to be more consistent. So I'm being quietly positive, shall we say. So you reckon that, I mean, just to stick with Ollie to leave him driving the bus, um, that is kind of veering back away from the cliff edge? Yeah? Say again, sorry, Alan. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what we're saying is that, that to, to leave Ollie driving the bus, he's he's kind of edging it back away from the cliff edge. <laughs> oh, I thought that would be coming. Um, I, I think he is. It's always been a bit further away from the cliff edge than everybody assumed. But I think he's he's showing people. Look, he's always been consistent with what he said. This is what I want: young, fast British players playing in my style. Um, you know, with a, with a front three that are very interchangeable. And he's he's just given yet another example. I know it's not consistent throughout his whole time. There have been some poor performances, but it's an example of what he's working towards. And I think that's all he needs to do. Just keep reminding people, look, it's not going to be every week, but it's going to become more consistent the more I'm given backing um, and the more people realise that this is what we're capable of. So um, I don't view it as back. Yeah simply reminding people he's not being as close as they thought. Okay, um, yesterday as well, uh, there were some remarkable results. Chelsea put, uh, putting three in against uh, Chelsea. Oh, sorry, Everton beating Chelsea yesterday 3-1. Um, that was a huge turnaround for Everton, for Duncan Ferguson, who's now the temporary uh, coach. Um, Liverpool winning 3-0 away against Bournemouth, a clean sheet, first for quite some time. Uh, Spurs hammering Burnley 5-0. Um, and then today you had... Uh, Leicester, I mean, they were lucky to get the first goal. I mean, with Mr. Evergreen, um, Jamie Vardy, who just seems to get faster and fitter and slimmer. I mean, uh, kind of, yeah, re- remi- kind of like, reminds me a bit of Anthony Joshua, how he's like gotten like slimmer and fitter, like, you know, lost the muscle tone, you know. But um, yeah, so they, they won 4 1 today away against a, a fairly decent Aston Villa side. Uh, Newcastle won 2 1 against Southampton. Norwich lost 2 1 home to Sheffield United, one of the season's forum teams. And uh, Brighton Hove Albion just, just a uh, a short while ago drew 2-2 at home with uh, Wolves now looking at the table Andrew I mean it's 
like okay, Liverpool have wrapped up the title. They are now um, eight points clear of Leicester City. Man City are still in third place. They're they're six points further back from Leicester. They got Chelsea, and then Man United have moved into fifth place. So I mean, there's all to play for there for United. I mean, they're only five points back from Chelsea, and that Chelsea side could be there for the take, taking as well. Yeah, I mean, it, there's always a danger when you are um, emotionally invested in a club like I am with Manchester United to say, well, look, why not go for the Champions League? But it is only five points. It will take more consistency than we've had so far this season, but there's definitely the potential there. Um, I think Frank Lampard has surprised me how well he's done uh, taking over a, an emotionally charged club. Um, I can draw comparisons with Solskjaer at United. Uh, but it is only five points. They are dropping points. And they are conceding. Yeah. Um, City, I don't think United would catch them. Um, Leicester are on such good form, I put them out of distance too. But fourth place, I think, why not? Well, I mean, if you look at like the, the, the top two teams, like in terms of like league form, uh, they've both won their last five matches. Um, City have won two, drawn one, lost two of their last five. Chelsea have won two and lost three. Okay, we've just lost Andrew there, but we will come back uh, onto him in a second. Double N is going to get him back in the phone. Um, uh, so he is Andrew. You're back on with us. Yes, we can get Andrew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. great. Look, I, I was just running down through there. So, so Chelsea have won two, lost three of their last five. United are unbeaten in their last five with three wins and two draws. Right behind them, we've got Wolves, who have had a slightly easier time, but they are unbeaten in five as well. Again, three wins, two draws. Um, and you're looking at those two teams. You're looking like, say, like Chelsea United and uh, Wolves. Now, okay, I do think Man City are going to grind down and catch Leicester City. I do think City will leap. Fro- like, <laughs> the Manchester City will leap from the other, so the dark blue Leicester into second place. But what do che- what do United need to do? I mean, Pogba, he will be back early in the new year. How much of an influence will that be? How much of a lift will that be for the whole dressing room and for the fans? You know, I think that's a very, very interesting question because I'm not entirely sure how he will be best suited to the system. I mean, it would be virtually impossible not to bring him back into the side, but I'm not entirely sure he, he fits into the side desperately well anymore. When you've got McTominay and Fred playing so well together, and this is something people need to remember, Fred got so much stick for not being a good defence midfielder. He's not a defence midfielder. At Shakhtar, he was more of a box-to-box player, and now he's playing like one. You know, that's the role Pogba's supposed to play. I guess Pogba could play as a number 10 instead of Jesse Lingard, but then you lose some pace up front. So it'll be interesting to see how Sasha manages Pogba coming back. That would be a, a. Yeah, it's going to be a tough one. What do you think, Andrew? Do you think maybe that they're, but they're... it'll be another option? But do you think maybe they might just flog him off? Just get, get, a, get a few quid in the bank for him and then maybe shop around? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if they get an offer, they absolutely should consider it. Um, if somebody comes in in January with anything approaching 100 million, I know it's a crazy money, but the market in the last five years is crazy. Anywhere around 100 million, honestly, I would snap their hands off because it, it solves the problem. He doesn't quite fit into Solskjaer's vision if you listen to how he describes it. So an offer comes in, I would I would take it. Well, listen, um, <coughs> excuse me there. Uh, the reason I ask is because... Um, Apparently, through Spanish media, uh, Real Madrid uh, are are looking to offer James Rodriguez and Gareth Bale as part of a kind of a two-player plus cash swap for Pogba. Does that sound good? Uh, uh, I mean, like, I mean, he could fit into this system. He's obviously got the pace. Yeah. 
And um, but I mean, I wonder whether Real Madrid are are doing that simply because there have been so many, in my view, fairly lazy reports linking Gareth Bale to Manchester United for years now. Yeah. Um, they are desperate to get him off their books, so they're not in a strong bargaining position. Um, James Rodriguez, I've nothing against him as a player, but I don't, I, I don't know. He could perhaps play that number ten role again, but. Um, I think it's too much of a risk. I wouldn't personally take that deal. Um, I want money for him so that it can be reinvested, basically. Well, I mean, that makes sense because, I mean, you, you have all the different things. Like, I mean, like, uh, say, for example, like for, for um, you know, Pochettino, he kind of, he was asked quite recently, uh, or he, he was asked yesterday uh, in, a, in, a, in a radio interview, would you be interested in taking a job at Arsenal and he kind of went oh I don't know and then today um, the ex Eintracht Frankfurt and Bayern boss Niko Kovac he has said I'm not going for the job at Everton um, even though he was at the game yesterday at Everton um, and instead he's travelling down to London tomorrow for as he said meetings now would that seem then maybe that um, we were talking about like you know this kind of gossip going around that maybe Niko Kovac should be going to Arsenal um, I would be surprised. Um, I'll be honest, but I, I think um, I think Pochettino is not likely to take his next job in England. I think he's he's he's. I'm going to say not burst his bridges, but he's got, had built up his reputation so well at Spurs. I don't think he could really replicate it elsewhere. And going to Arsenal for obvious reasons doesn't really add up. Kovac, though, um, I think he has his reputation at Bayern was probably slightly harshly created simply because of the size and scale of the club and I don't think his which take control of that Arsenal dressing room the state it's in at the moment and at Bayern I don't think he ever really had the respect of the players so I'd be surprised if Arsenal brought him in yeah I mean that, that's what I was thinking because I mean Kovac uh, you know as you know, as good as a coach he was at, at Eintracht Frankfurt, he had a very different kind of squad there. He had a very good backroom staff as well. Yeah. Like he had basically nothing to lose at Frankfurt because, like, I mean, they're not called the diva von Mine for nothing because this is the way they behave. And he did so well win the German Cup and so on with Eintracht. And he, you know, moving to Bayern, while it seemed a logical transition, it just seemed like, what the hell you do, Nico? Like, are you, you know, crazy? Like, are you saying Croatian ludi? You know, they call him crazy. Um, one small little thing, Andrew, before we let you go away for the moment, because you'll be back on us in the, the last segment. Um, there also was a question about Jaden Sancho, the Borussia player, because, of course, he was ex-Man City, went to Germany, has been doing very, very well. He's still only 19. Um, but the, 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 uh, Michael Zork, uh, the, um, the sporting director for Borussia, says that he's not leaving in January. But uh, still, uh, even though Man City said that they have an option, they have first option to buy him, but they said, no, they're not going to take it up. They don't, they're not going to buy him back. Would he be an option maybe to bring into United? I would jump at the chance to bring him in, I'll be honest. I, I honestly think the talent he's got, it fit. It would fit absolutely perfectly into the type of side that we're trying to build. I think his stock at, at, um, at Borussia this season has, has fallen ever so slightly in the local sense because I know he's, he's not very happy with the atmosphere there. And um, He always was open about wanting to leave and if City are not going to take him up, then the competition to sign him would be less because very few other clubs could afford him. Um, if the chance came up, uh, I honestly think he would be a fabulous, fabulous signing for Manchester United. And I think it would be a good move for him too. 
Yeah, I I, 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 I would agree with you as well because I think in Dortmund he's kind of he's he's coming to a cul-de-sac. He's not going to go any further there. Okay, listen, Andrew, thank you very much. We'll speak with you again at the end of the show, and uh, looking forward to that. Okay, so that was Andrew Flint. We'll be back to him a little bit later. Okay, um, again, a quick rundown on the English Premier League table. Uh, Liverpool in first, Leicester City in second, Man City in third, Chelsea in fourth, United in fifth. Wolves, Spurs, Sheffield United, Crystal Palace and Newcastle all making up the top ten. Now, tomorrow, um, there's a huge game on, of course, tomorrow. It is a London derby between... West Ham and Arsenal. So Nico Kovac will be at that game. That course is kicking off at 11 o'clock our time here in Moscow. Okay, we're going to go out to the break right now. I'm going to get you all moving because when you hear this in a sports arena, you, you start to sort of like, you know, your, your legs start to twitch, your head starts to bob and so on and so forth. And right now it's plus two in Moscow. So that's like amazing. That's like sunbathing weather basically here at the moment, even though there's no sun. Um, however, this is going to get you moving around and going to keep you warm. So you can be dancing around the kitchen, you can be making something tasty to eat, you can be having fun and laughing and smiling. Because we do feel like dancing, even though the Scissor Sisters don't. This is the Scissor Sisters with I Don't Feel Like Dancing. We'll be back with Danny Armstrong. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. Get 
Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, because for boys and girls, you've only got a few minutes left before you have to go to bed because tomorrow is a school day, of course. And I'm in a happy mood because simply last night, um, watching the boxing, there was, I said I'd watch it. And then all of a sudden, I couldn't watch it any longer. It, for, something happened, like my stream dropped and so on and so forth. Um, and I ended up then, I, it, it was just like a very, very strange moment. I started watching American football and then that dropped as well. I was like, oh, what the hell? I'll go to bed. But I got some predictions quite right and I'm very very happy about it I did double N can, double N, I got my prediction right last night again two weeks in a row there you go I'm very very good American college football folks I'm nailing it this season I'm 100% correct in everything I'm doing it's not often I can say that very very rare I can say I'm always right I'm usually always wrong but anyway um, so as I said last night of course we, we discussed now with two people uh, about the Mank Derby because I mean it was a huge 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 uh, three points for Manchester United as we already said it's like putting them back up into their fifth place. They are really chasing hard on that fourth position. They could leapfrog Chelsea. That, that, that's, I believe that's how they're going to do at the end of the season. Um, also, of course, we know that um, there was a, a big boxing match last night, the World Heavyweight title. We've already mentioned that. We're going to discuss a little bit later on in the second half of the show with uh, Isol Cody, who was covering for us. So that, that was um, a biggie. But also, uh, of course, there's the whole the fan protest, like we mentioned already, the fans leaving the stadium in protest uh, we'll give a bit of background to that now because you had, um, uh, as we mentioned last week, we covered last week, Spartak fans going up to the game uh, up against Zenith up in St. Petersburg. Uh, a number of them were arrested, I think there were 40-odd, were arrested and they were found to have weapons and boxing gloves or basically bag gloves in their, in their cars and so on and so forth. So uh, as, the, as, as a result of this and an interview given uh, to our, our favourite publication up in St. Petersburg, Sports Daily, um, by by a, a circus, oh well, a sort of a um, a showman, shall we say? Uh, basically, that uh, fans, you know, that they have to behave better. So, of course, many fans said, "Look, we're being picked on. It's not fair. We're being too controlled. Why should we be controlled this way? We did it last year to show a kind of a nice face to the world, but it's not fair. There should be no banning orders and so on and so forth." Then last night at the Man United Man City game, you had um, a Man City fan, a 41 year old Mr. Burke. Now he is banned, or he's going to be banned. He's going to be in serious trouble. He's already been fired uh, for making monkey gestures and, you know, at, at Manchester United players. So we'll start off with this and then we'll move towards then some other uh, meaty topics as well because we have the senior sports reporter and editor for Russia today, Danny Armstrong. Danny, welcome back onto the show. Thank you very much, Alan. Thank you very much. Danny, we wanted, we wanted to get you on la- last week when we were celebrating our birthday because, as you know, you were <laughs> our first guest on Capital Sports, our first guest. And, I mean, you, you came on and you just, like, blew up the phone. The phone, it was brilliant. It was, it was the, the, the best thing ever. So, you know, and, um, 
you know, we've seen your, your, your career going from strength to strength, traveling around the world and interviewing the most famous people around the place and getting to World Cups and Champions League and so on. And Manchester United on a run as well. So life must be great for you right now. Yeah? Danny? This morning, Alan. Uh, sorry, this morning, <laughs> this, this <laughs> evening. I was in a... Fa- Hello? Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I, hear you. I, I, I was in a fantastic mood this morning, this afternoon, th- this evening, and I think it's going to carry on all through the week, uh, to, <laughs> to be quite honest with you. Um, the, you know, it was a massive three points yesterday. Um, I, I, I honestly didn't really expect anything uh, out of the game going into it. Um, but what, what can you say about that first half? I mean, they were saying after the Tottenham game that the first half against Tottenham was probably the best since after Ferguson. But that, 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 that first 45 minutes against Man City, unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. So yes, Alan, thank you very much. Uh, I'm sorry I didn't come on last week. Thank no. you for the kind words. And uh, yeah, uh, absolutely fantastic mood. Yeah, but listen, it, it's something I think people, it's something I've always said about sport. I always link music and sport together and that's why I love when we're, like on the show, as you know, we try to pick songs that will kind of like, you know, reflect what sport is because sport is one thing it can make you feel like a king for a week. It can make you feel like an absolute bum for a week. But it, it actually gives you emotions. <laughs> it, 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 and I mean, if nothing else, like today I was standing at the bus stop and this guy came over to me and I was wearing a, well, it was cold, so I had a local chief jacket on. And uh, he came up to me and he was pointing at me. Now, he's, he's still hung over from last night. Um, he had just arrived back into Moscow. Uh, he's a Cisco fan and he was, well, still drunk. And... He was like, you know, making conversation with me. And I was just thinking, you know, it's, it's a freezing cold Sunday morning in Moscow. And we connected through football. So, I mean, this is what sport is. So, I mean, you, like, I, I hope this lasts a long time for you. And I really do. As I said, I think United are going to finish third in the league this year. I think next year then they're going to kick on. I think there's, there's something happening there. It's, it's getting back. When you see Alex Ferguson in the stand and a look in his face, he's kind of going, we have it. We have it. It's back in the bag. Or am I wrong? Well, I, won't, I don't know if I go that far, but um, I mean, f- uh, fifth place is, is is what we are at the moment. I mean, third place is, is going to be really, really uh, difficult to get even past Leicester, Chelsea, or um, as you say, City. Um, I think there was a few there's a few connections, uh, football connections outside the ground uh, last night. Not the ones you're talking about, Alan, <laughs> but uh, there was a few fancy <laughs> moments, I believe. Um, yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, I, I've, I've been sick of Man United ruining my weekends for, for a while, so I think I'm, I'm going to milk this one. I'm, I'm going I'm to take it and run with it. And I've already told about, just like your story then, about people coming up to you and telling you things. I think I told about half of Moscow about the result yesterday. So uh, I'm just going to work on the, other, on the other half through the week. Why not? So, I mean, um, it has to be done. Hey, look, why not? Why not? I mean, I mean, well, let's face it. I mean, I'm a long-suffering Manchester United fan. When I was growing, when I was growing up, Manchester United were very, very good. And then they drop back. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of, kind of been the other way around. I'm kind of <laughs> glad that I emigrated over here a few years ago, so I've missed, because I've missed it all. But uh, I, I, I'm going to get some mileage out of this one, Alan. Don't don't you don't you worry Listen, about that. Listen, I, I I well believe you. Look, um, just going to ask you now, just having a bit of chat about English and Russian fan behaviour. We had that that guy Burke yesterday, 41 year old. He's he's just lost his job. Like his yeah. his company tweeted out that um, we don't want you know this kind of behaviour. Like you know we don't want this kind of like person associated with our company, and they fired him. 
you know, because they've seen this, what do they say? It was something like, a, we've seen the video doing the rounds, we have zero policy against yeah. racism. It's the Keir Group, sorry, and they do like infrastructure uh, for buildings. Group, yeah. That's right. And so this guy got fired. Now, it was pretty clear right afterwards that what he was doing. And I mean, um, there were, you know, one thing that Gary Neville made, like, okay, Roy Keane said, I know you're a fan of Roy Keane, uh, me, me too, I mean, I, I admit, like, um, or say an admirer more than else. And he said afterwards, I mean, that there's always a, a portion of idiots in every crowd. And we had Alexander Zotov saying the same thing a few weeks ago. There's always a few idiots who ruin it. And then you have um, uh, Gary Neville said, uh, well, it's not just idiots. He said, if you look at how um, Boris Johnson, the current prime minister, speaks, he said, it's driving about immigration and so on and so forth. We'll play the clip a bit later on. He, he sort of drew a kind of a political angle on it. But... It's, it's not that bad, though, um, is it, though, Danny? Because, I mean, in terms of, OK, you had, you had the, the, the boys getting lighters thrown at them and stuff thrown to by the city fans, but that, that now is a very, very... Um, let's say, it, it does, that incident doesn't happen as often as it would have, say, 30 years ago. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I would, I would, I would take it that far as, as to make some kind of political connection to it. I mean, what's happening at the minute in the UK is... is I mean, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a minefield. Yeah. A xenophobic attitude, but that, I think that's always been prevalent um, in English support. Anyway, I mean, the English English fans. I mean, I know there's going to be people having a go at me for saying this, but it has always been a little bit of um, a little bit of a prevalence of, of xenophobia, and uh, it could be against anybody. It could be against immigrants. It could be against. Um, black people, Muslims, um, but it, it could be against people from Portugal or Spain or France. It's, it, it's always, there's always had that kind of undercurrent to it. Um, I've, I wasn't actually aware of the video until um, until this morning, but I think he's been dealt with. Um, yeah. He's lost his job and his pitch has been plastered all around um, <clears throat> over social media. And I'm not I'm not here to to, to, to use it as, as a kind of stick to beat Man City with. I mean. They don't really help themselves out at times, but I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not going to uh, make it out as if as if this does. Yeah. Of course it does. But it seems like, for, just as you were saying there, just as you said, uh, Roy Keane, you know, the great man himself, the greatest, the second greatest living Irishman after the man I'm having a conversation with now, <laughs> if you <laughs> don't mind you. me saying. <laughs> but um, but um, <laughs> but um. Sorry, I thought I lost my train of thought. Then. Yeah, a bit, there's, a bit always rocky, a few, yeah. there's always a few idiots, and 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 they get they get weeded out, and they get dealt with. Um, if you're going to make a comparison to, to to the Russian sort of ultras and hooligans, or ultras just cultural all over the world, there seems to be a bit of a a, a war against it, crack down on it. I mean, I'm, I, can't, I can't imagine anything. Somebody asked me in the pub yesterday. Sorry, somebody asked me at a very important meeting yesterday. Say, <laughs> Thank you for that. But yeah. they said that. <laughs> Yeah, they said. Um, they, they said, as, as, "Would Liverpool fans do the same for, you, for Man United fans?" And I said, "Well, no." So because it's, I mean, Manchester. Uh, sorry, not Manchester United. Um, football fan culture. It's very different. Um, sterile. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not. Um, it's too clinical. It's, it's people go to the ground. They you know they collect the tickets, go to the ground. They consume the football rather than support the team. Watch it, and then and then they go. I mean, there wouldn't really be anything like that. Okay, it, 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 that kind of thing wouldn't really happen. I mean, I think when Margaret Thatcher's government tried cracking down on on hooliganism in the seventies and eighties, when it was really really bad, that's that's kind of a, a, a 
it, it might what it might have happened back then. But now there's, there's, there's no kind of um, sort of unity or togetherness where, where that, that that would happen. Apart from, I mean, even even this racist incident with, with the Man City fan, it's, it, it's it, a lot of people have used it as a stick to be City with rather than say, there you go. look, this guy needs this guy needs weeding out of football and dealing with. But you know, well, there you go. Well, that, that that's what I was going to say because I mean, if you you have this kind of that um, ah ha ha, City are bad, but. I mean, we, we had uh, Dimitri Derunis earlier on from Dinamo, and he's a Man City fan, and for him it was horrific. Um, we discussed it last night, and I mean, a lot of Man City fans who I would have messaged last night and said, they were kind of going, nah, that's, that's not us, like, that's, that's nothing to do with us. But if you could say uh, with Hillsborough, for example, I know Man United fans, mm-hmm. um, including yourself, would, would kind of, like, say with the verdicts being given, because that was a, a slap against all football fans, basically. You're all a, a bunch of scumbags, yeah. and... Just we 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 heard you into pens like cattle. If you die, so be it, because we're making our money. And that kind of like the Thatcher era was kind of like you're all a bunch of scumbags. Um, but as you said, now it's kind of it's like it's seated, seated it's gentrified slightly. So mm. it, it has changed. Um, do you think that the, yeah. the the football fans here? I mean, do they have a point in saying that like you know we're we're be, like there shouldn't be banning orders that um, we shouldn't they should everyone should be come to the stadium and that it's no problem to like say curse and swear in the stands do you think that they do have a point or maybe they should say well hold on let's get a bit of balance in here yeah you just hit the nail on the head there when you, when you said it's been gentrified um, and I think it was more of a crackdown and this does relate a lot to Margaret Thatcher if you excuse me and uh, let me go on a little bit of a political rant I suppose um, <laughs> it was more it was more a point of being a, a war on the working class and, and cracking down and I think I think um, with ticket prices being hiked up and I mean it's a bit of a tired point when people say that you know the, the average man's being priced out of the game but I think I, I think it's very very true it's as true now as it was you know a few decades ago um, it really is it's, it's a it's a it's a war on the working class. It's, it's to like you say, keep them penned in like cattle, and you know, a few smack around, smack smacks around the head if, if they complain. And, and we saw, you know, we saw at Hillsborough the, the complete disrespect for human life, basically, by the police. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it has been gentrified throughout Eastern Europe. I know that he's a very good German um, football journalist called Matt Ford from from, from Manchester. He actually calls people uh, who support people like uh, teams like the two Red Bull teams football consumers and not football fans. And he he, he picks them out in in a lot of um, a lot of English stands. People people bringing their iPads in. And they, I mean they, they've, they've had they've had they've banned. I'm, I'm pretty sure Man United did it at Old Trafford. They banned people bringing iPads in. Why would you bring and, an iPad unless it's a child? And whatever. Those are the banning orders we need. Those are the banning orders yeah. we need. Ban those people. But no, no, I, I agree with you. Serious. I agree. I think, I mean, like, I mean, if you've got a child, okay, fine. Like, Tim will come into me at the stadium, and you see him in the stadium with me and say, local, for example, and he'd be, he'd be reading the programme. And then, okay, after a while, you might get a bit bored, and there's no other kids to play with. He'll say, can I play in your phone, or can I do... He'll do that, but that's a child. But a grown adult, a grown human, for Christ's sake, it's like two hours. Can you just, like, watch the God... You're, you paid a ticket, or even if you got a free ticket, go and watch the game. Or talk to your neighbour for... Oh, anyway, Danny, listen, quick, before we let you go... Um, I, I'll start ranting now. Before we let you go, uh, tomorrow, huge uh, day for Russia in terms of doping and so on and so forth. So, I mean, I know you're going to be covering it non-stop. It's going to be a mega day for you tomorrow, a mental day. Um, 
Do you reckon that we, you know, Russia are going to go again? They'll go again with like uh, the track and field athletes will most be banned. They'll be marching under uh, a neutral flag, so on so forth. Do you think that's how it's going to be tomorrow, or do you, do you think there's even a, a tiny possibility that they might actually go as Team Russia? Um, personally, I'd, I'm not really sure what to expect. I mean, the, what we've covered in the past, and um, RT obviously we've covered it at length. We really, really have dragged. Yeah. Uh, as, as in terms of tomorrow, we, we can just expect most of the same. I think um, th- this has already hung over how many? Um, not since it happened in 2015. Yeah. It's already hung over like a, like like some a horrible dark cloud over the Rio Olympics and in Pyeongchang, and it'll be the same if 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 if, if they approve a four-year ban. It's just more of what we already know. It's complete, complete war on on, on Russia. They're gonna they're, they're gonna strip um, what what I'm actually expecting tomorrow. If I was a betting man to put any money on it, it would be um, it, it would be a complete strip of the the, the Russian athletes' identity. They won't be competing as Russia. Russia will cease to exist. And I mean that's probably the the road we're going down in a minute. Russia ceasing to exist in the Olympics. Yeah, that's uh, I think, or, or, yeah. I mean, I mean we, we can expect more of the same. Just, just, just what more of the same nonsense that we've had for the. No, Daniel, I, I totally agree with you. I think you, you've nailed it on the head. Daniel, listen, we're going to yeah. say good night to you and thank you so, so much. And hopefully, you're going to get into us before the new year. Thank you again and uh, keep that happy vibe Very going. Much so. Keep that vibe going. Oh, don't worry about that. Oh, don't worry about that. I'll, 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 I'll be keeping that smile on my face all through the other week. Don't, don't you worry, Alan. Thank Thanks, Daniel. You, you take it easy. <laughs> Thanks, Daniel. Okay, that was Daniel for of course. He'll be covering all that madness that's going on tomorrow between WADA and the IOC and Russia. Right, we'll go straight out to the break. Back with Alex B after this. He's definitely not weak because he's a strong boy. This is AGR and Week. Stay with us after the break. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. No thank you is what I should have said. I should be in bed. But temptations. Of trouble on my tongue, troubles yet to come. One sip, bad for me. One hit, bad for me. One kiss, bad for me. But I give in so easily, and no thank you is how it should have gone. I should stay strong. They call me after dark, I don't want no part My habits, they hold me like a grudge I promise- 